Valley of Famine contains mature content. Please be sure to check the episode notes for specific content warnings before listening. The Rogue Valley Roleplayers Podcast is an affiliate of Battle Bards, an online resource of music, sound effects, and all sorts of other audio goodies that you can use in your own games and shows. Head on over to BattleBards.com and check out their wide assortment of tracks. And if you like what you hear, be sure to pick up a Prime membership and don't forget to use our promo code RVRPODCAST when you do. Hello and welcome, listeners, to the Rogue Valley Role Players. My name is Ben. I'm here with Rosemary, Austin, and Ed. We are down a person for this episode, this session. Nick, who plays Haru Matsuhara, is sick. Sick Nick. And he's not able to make it tonight for the betterment of the rest of us who don't want to get sick. So thank you, Nick, for abstaining. Um, we're here to play Valley of Famine, a Deadlands Weird West uh, Savage Worlds game. Uh, you'll can find out more about all that in the end credits for the show. My name is Ben. I am the Marshal. I am running the Shindig tonight. My name is Rosemary, and I think Rachel's a deputy again. So I'm playing Deputy Rachel Jane Kennedy. She's a hexlinger. That's right. Got my mojo back. <laughs> Deputy and a hexlinger. Right? Nice. Uh, this is Austin playing Herod Graves, playing White on Beardslay, playing everyone else. All right, listeners. You know who I am by now if you've been listening already. You know who I play. Well, Ben's giving me the glare, so I should probably tell you that I'm Ed and I'm playing Daisy Gilmore, the weird scientist. <laughs> We open up, Rachel, you're following Fjolnir through the forests of the Rogue Valley. Uh, no particular forest, because I'm not that well educated in our local geography. I'm sorry, local listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, this this weird old man in gray that you, you've seen kind of basically stalking you for a while now a couple months uh appearing here and there and then disappearing as soon as you tried to uh approach him and then finally like actually revealing himself to you in the cemetery at macario's grave is leading you into the forest when you put it like that it seems like a really stupid decision that i made (laughs) (laughs) the uh the forest where People are known to go missing where you found bodies hanging from trees by vines. You're not making my decision sound any smarter. <laughs> uh, where you've literally encountered monsters lurking within the depths of these trees. Um, although ever since Macario sacrificed, the, the forest has seemed a lot less oppressive than it once did. 
And it's probably enhanced by the fact that no longer has, at least as far as you know, no longer has Wendigo stalking its depths. Hopefully. Uh, but yes, Fielner is is you know leading leading you. He's still dressed in his shabby gray, uh, kind of somewhere between a robe and a cloak, um, and his his broad brim gray hat that he's got tugged over his left eye that you've seen is missing. It's a rotted uh, socket. No, uh, uh, not rotted. I'm sorry. He's not undead. <laughs> it's just an empty socket. <laughs> um. But overhead, you, you know, you see these these two very large ravens, um, kind of keeping pace, you know, fly forward, land on the branch, kind of look down at you, awk, and then fly forward, and flanking on either side. You never quite see them very clearly, but there's definitely two very large wolves keeping pace. I'll sit close to Fjolnir. Um you know, she's glancing around her as she's walking, taking in the side of this forest, remembering all the bodies that she's seen <laughs> hanging from these exact branches and questioning her decision-making. Yeah, you know, when you're you're pissed off that your abusive ex-husband is suddenly in town, you make... Uh, stupid choices? I would say questionable choices. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say stupid choices. It's like that scene in movies where, you know, like, you're following someone through the woods and, like, you stop because you're distracted by something and then you look up and you realize the other person's still walking on and you're like, oh, shit, and you scamper to catch back up. A little bit of, like, I've gone this far, I may as well see this to the end kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe at, like, one point she kind of stops and, like, looks back. To see if she can even tell which way to go out of this forest. Ooh, at this point, I don't think so. And and actually, like it almost you almost don't recognize the trees anymore. They're you're seeing like you know a lot of like the Douglas firs and stuff. That the valley is well known for, but you're also seeing trees that aren't native to this area that you've never ever seen before. Um, I put my hand on the trunk and go, "That's a nice tree." <laughs> <laughs> Keep walking. Yeah, you turn. You turn to look, and you see Fielner standing there, uh, looking back at you, kind of waiting patiently. I mean, she actually probably like would pause at one of these trees and like be like, just kind of like feeling at the bark in like confusement and maybe a little bit of not fear, but what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, that's probably, I guess, as close to the motion I'm driving at. Like, she's just, oh, this isn't... Anyways, she'll, like, stop, look at this tree over, and then catch up with Fjolner. And at a certain point, it's, you know, the month is May. So the valley is wet, but it's starting to, you know, get on towards summer. It's the end of spring. Um, But at a certain point, you feel the temperature drop, and kind of the next thing you know, you're, you're... crunching your way through snow and uh, the trees are wholly unfamiliar at this point I think she'd pause at this point and say where exactly are we going to the center of course center of what center of the world where else would you go for wisdom 
Look, I'm not sure what it's like where you're from, but where I'm from, you can't just walk to the center of the world. <laughs> of course not. You need a guide. Okay. <laughs> Come. It's it's shouldn't be long now. Might as well, I guess. You've a brave heart, daughter of Caroline. It will serve you well. Come. And he continues on. She how deep is this snow? Uh shin deep. It's you're not like <laughs> waist deep through snow. He's not legolessing it. <laughs> She'll like go follow after him, trying to follow the path he's breaking, mm-hmm. if he's breaking one. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um and yeah, you know, it's it's the middle of the night. You're deep in this forest, and suddenly the tree line gives way, and you find yourself in this large clearing. And in the center of this clearing is the biggest oak tree you've ever seen. Easily uh, 30 feet in diameter in the trunk, and just it towers up and up and up. You can't even, like, see the top. Well, this tree she's looking at in awe. And there is a noose hanging from its lower boughs. She kind of, she just eyes that noose and uh, fr- she frowns. And she looks at Fjolnir and looks back at the noose and then says, is this a hanging tree? You look back at Fjolnir and the the gray cloak is gone. He stands there towering actually now. Uh, he, he was a normal size initially for a human, but now he stands like nine, ten feet tall. Practically towering over you. I'm not quite sure how tall uh, Rachel is. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's come up at least once yeah, in the podcast. Yeah, I think I said average that. height, like Five, seven, five, eight. Okay. Yeah, definitely towering at that point. He's like a solid four feet taller than you. Um, and he's wearing some kind of mail at this point. Armor, uh, probably some chain mail. Uh, he's got like a winged helmet on. And he's holding this, this huge spear that's encrusted with just carved all these runes. On there, runes that you recognize because they're the exact same runes you once used in your hex slinging. I think instinctively she. And I've totally forgotten your question that you asked. <laughs> oh, I asked if it's a hanging tree. Um, but I think instinctively she like goes to, like put her hand by her hip for her guns. He's uh, he's got like a some sort of patch over his eye at this point, um, but he quirks his eyebrow over his, his right eye and then he says do you not recognize this daughter of Caroline the world tree Yggdrasil she looks at Fjolnir and says am I supposed to know what that means he looks melancholic the old myths are not the old stories are not as prevalent as they once were but here is the tree of creation, the center of the world. His roots run deep, 
I'm not sure I understand. Could you explain it to me? Hmm. So, some would call this the Tree of Eden. Twas here that the world started. With the death of this tree, so shall the world end. She's gonna turn away and kind of go up to the tree and examine it. It's like a, a, a very old white oak. She'll like start kind of walking up among its roots. It's got huge roots. The ground is very um, uneven. Some of the roots like come up and like, without the sound effects because they're not actually moving. But <laughs> you kind of hear some of the, the upper boughs creaking and this this uh, this noose is just kind of swaying gently in the wind. Uh, she'll look up at that noose and then over at Fjolnir. Nine days I hung from that tree. A sacrifice from myself to myself to gain wisdom. Did it work? I'm here. But did you get wisdom? I like to think so. I gave my eye to master the runes. The runes you once used. You did great things in my name once, Rachel, daughter of Caroline. I used a power that I didn't understand. Well, do any of us truly understand it when we begin? Maybe not, but... And yet, you've been deceived. You believe the lies of a demon. I couldn't take the risk that I was drawing on demonic power. Well, I have come to set the record straight. I will have no hero of mine believing some scum, some devourer of children. Look, not to be insulting or anything, but how do I know you are who you say you are and not just some other demon in disguise? He looks upset. Like, how dare you, daughter of Caroline, insinuate that I, Woden, master of the runes, am some sort of demon... I've learned my lesson. I... I thought I understood what I was doing, and I didn't, and it led to people dying. I have to be sure you are who you say you are. Then come. Approach, daughter of Caroline. He holds his spear forward. Uh, Rachel will walk forward. Uh, yeah, you see the runes on the staff, uh, spear, spear, staff. Yeah. And what do you see that kind of, uh, I'll throw this on you. 
yeah. what do you see that that kind of clicks into place? Maybe you you know a, something that clues you in as to who Fjolnir is. I'm thinking maybe she is looking at this staff and there's a rune that's familiar to her that Annie taught her. The first rune that Annie taught her? Yeah. And she kind of flashes back to you know, being in the circus with Annie, like Annie sitting down and explaining runes to her and then um, saying something about how this rune is in fact the name for uh, for Odin? Yeah, for Odin and to like use it maybe cautiously because every time you like use this rune you're drawing a bit on like Odin's power which like at the time like Rachel's just like yeah that's history whatever and then when so like she kind of like flashes back to that conversation remembers that Annie had in fact told her that the power came from Odin and maybe this is something she had forgotten or dismissed because she couldn't believe that for herself yeah. Until she has, like... I think you also see one other symbol that kind of cinches it for you. And it's... Uh, you remember that coin that Malcolm Locke showed you. That weird coin that had, like, a tree design on it and stuff like that. And he talked about a man in gray that he met at a crossroads once. Yeah. And it's the same symbol from the coin engraved on the, sta- on the spear. And, ooh, here's a thought. And then um, as she, like, looks down the staff, she also sees the symbol on uh, her gun. Yeah. So it's kind of like this idea that, like, every hex singer who uses these runes, their symbols, like, appear on this staff. Mm-hmm. Spear. Or spear. Yes, both. So she's, like, kind of tracing these runes with her finger, and then she pauses when she sees, like, Annie's symbol. And then, like, tra- and sees the tree, and then she goes even further down and sees, like, her symbol. Yeah. Could it be, like, some sort of wolf rune? I was thinking a horse, actually. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, Rachel's symbol is, it evokes a horse. It's not actually a horse. It's just, like, that idea of, like, that free spirit. Okay. Could be a way to interpret it, too. How does Rachel react when she sees her rune on the spear? I think it surprises her. So she, not like a, but like just she kind of like arches a brow and um, quickly like turns her head up and like looks at uh, Fjolnir with like this dawning realization in her eyes that he is telling the truth. As you look up, you see like the two ravens and falling like, come flying up and they perch on either shoulder of his, of his uh, and the two wolves like come slinking up to, to flank him and he's just standing over you all nine foot tall and Norse godly. Um, she might uh, bow her head a little bit. <laughs> like, I don't think she might, I don't think she's gonna kneel. No. 
but she's going to be like, oh, uh, bow my head respectfully. I'm in the presence of an actual god. His voice is booming at this point in time. Daughter of Caroline, you stand on the front lines of a war as ancient as the world itself. What do you mean? There are powers that work against the good of mankind, against the good of all. Set loose since the firstborn son of man slew his brother. And I have chosen you, Rachel, daughter of Caroline, to be my champion here. An evil with which you are all too familiar seeks to change the very nature of our conflict, and in doing so may bring damnation to all. Your rogue valley is his chosen battleground, and so I will send you to confront him, if you are willing to take on the mantle of hero. If you are willing to endure, to hang from the world tree for nine days as I did. I, I don't understand. There's, there's better people in this valley than I who deserve this honor more. They do not know the runes, not as you do, daughter of Caroline. And do not doubt yourself. You have endured much already in this life, and you have done great things. I think she stands there just thinking for a bit and then she looks up at him and says who am I to say no to a god if you want me to serve I'll serve you must choose to do this daughter of Caroline I shall not force your hand if you so desire you may walk away you may walk away from the valley leave and make a life elsewhere. But if you choose to not take this responsibility, you must leave. For this is where the battle shall take place, and those who remain will be caught up in it, whether they choose so or not. I have chosen you to give victory. I think at this point Rachel turns and begins to walk away. Like, and she, before she walks away, so at this point she looks up to Odin and says, I think, I think you've got the wrong person. And she turns and starts walking away, like through the snow, turns her back to the tree, turns her back to Odin, and then she's reaches like almost the edge of the clearing and she's about to like step through back into the forest and she's just hit with like a memory of 
I think the first person she would think of would be Haru. Um, and she just like remembers him standing his ground at the train attack. And she like flashes back to, you know, the emotion she felt on seeing him stand there with his katana out in front of him, holding back evil. And then she thinks of Daisy. Um, seeing her, like, just remembering, like, good times with Daisy, like, laughing, you know, at her place, having coffee. Awkward seeing, conversations about Lemurians. Yeah, but, like, seeing also, like, how Daisy's, like, affected people around her. Like, she reformed Jonathan. Like, she took this criminal and made him into a better person. Um, and she pictures, like, Macario and, like, all the people laughing at his shows and just, like, her family, you know, thinks that Thanksgiving dinner and Scout and Kane, Billy, and, like, the faces just come, like, faster and faster. And she just pauses and then she turns back around and walks back to Odin and she realizes she can't put this responsibility aside so she walks back up to him and kind of rolls her you know squares her shoulders back and says so I gotta hang from this tree for nine days nine nights as did I, so shall you, daughter of Caroline. I'm not sure how in touch you are with humans, mortals, but if I hang from that tree for nine days, I'll die. Then you shall die. Alright. You will endure, or you will die. Such is the way of life. Is no different here than it is in Midgard. Can I at least let people know? No. Oh, Haru's gonna be so mad! <laughs> what do I do? He uh, nods towards the noose. She'll step over to it. A moment, daughter of Caroline. Before I send you to do this great battle, and he holds up his uh, his left hand, and he's holding repentance. Which is like, what the fuck? How do you get that gun? A hero of Odin needs a finer weapon than this. And he kind of curls his hand over it and just crushes the gun. And, and drops it, and it kind of like... You know, pieces of it fall, and, and it's just as it reaches the ground, it turns to ice and dissipates. And then he holds his spear out. I can't wield that. Gungnir will take an appropriate form. With a look of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, touch, like, grabs the spear. You grab the spear, and it kind of, it, it turns to, to like, Almost is this icy water in your hand and flows into the form of that revolver that we've already described. A big gun. 
with the runes etched into it. Kind of, you know, it's got this this very fluid shape to the metal and very icy kind of motif. She looks at this gun in her hand and is like, this is fucking awesome. Uh, she looks at the gun, she looks at Odin, she looks back at the gun, she looks back at Odin, there's like this crazy fucking grit on her face. And then she goes, what about, don't you need your staff, spear? I will need it back one day, consider it alone. Okay, I'm not gonna argue with you. We'll never give you your gun back. <laughs> You have this gun over my dead body. That can be arranged. <laughs> no. He he can wait, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> you head towards the tree. I just go towards the clearing. I'm taking this gun. Uh, you're just leaving. <laughs> no, no. She uh she heads towards the tree, and. I don't know. Does she have to like put the noose on herself? Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. That's scary. <laughs> she walks over to the tree, looks at the gun in her hand, and says, uh, oh, The things I do. She ulcers the gun and picks up the noose. Mm hmm. And then she turns to Odin and says, what if I just like wrapped it around my wrist or something? Odin gives you a look. <laughs> with his one eye. Alright. I don't... No, it's easy for a god to make a sacrifice. Was I a god when I did it? I'm pretty sure you were. It's been a long time. I only get one life. So do we all. can't wait to be wise so I can say cryptic shit like that back to you. It is quite fun. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Worth it. Um, Jill put the noose around her neck. So you put the noose around your neck and immediately it, uh, as if another hand is upon it, it tightens around you and and then you feel yourself lifted up into the air into the uh the bows of yggdrasil and you're you know you feel it cinch tight against your throat you're choking strangling not really choking you're strangling and you know flailing and twitching and then your vision goes black and as it goes black you hear just a whisper of a familiar voice duty Rachel, duty. And yeah, you're back at the office, uh, in the sheriff's office in Jacksonville. You know, you feel the weight of, uh, I'm not sure which, which side Gungnir is on, but uh, you feel the weight of Gungnir at your hip. Um, you're, you're back at your desk. Somehow, uh, Billy has managed to arrange that you got your desk back. Oh, nice. Uh, largely because now he's kind of just taken over Ross's desk. And, uh, yeah, you're in Jacksonville.
And that's what happened to you guys. Okay. Where did Haru go? He had a uh, Iron Dragon business to attend to. He also got bored of your story and left halfway through. So rude. <laughs> Is Wyatt not here for this? I feel like I, he wasn't, was he? Because you guys rode, rode past him, right? I think maybe you're here for this scene now. Okay. Where Rachel's explaining what happened to her. Yeah. She just, so yeah, she told all that to Wynon. And uh, Miss Gilmore, you say you found her hanging from a tree? Truly? She was hanging from the tree. By the neck. By the neck. And she's not like Haru. Well, I'm alive. Does she have, like, bruising around her neck? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he inspects that from a distance. I'm surprised that didn't kill you. It seems it should have. Death will come for us all one day. But it didn't come for me then. Sorry, I'm still getting the knack of this cryptic wisdom shit. <laughs> that was uncharacteristically fatalistic of you, but... I think you've got some time. I think we all do. Because, as far as I can tell, nothing is wrong here. It seems I've wasted my time coming to Oregon. Did you not hear what I just said? There's a war going on here. Then where is it? I've been asking around. No one's complaining of people going missing, or of blood and violence and all that jazz. Uh, Kane kind of raised in. Um, yeah, there's there's blood and violence aplenty. There's robberies going on, murders. And, and lots of people going missing, the town folks have said. There's always robberies and murders. And there's always people going missing. Have you seen something, Sheriff, that we should know about? I've seen lots of things. Like Beardsley. what? Here, down south, back in Kansas. You weren't here last winter. You didn't see those creatures. I've heard enough rumors to know that something happened, but it doesn't seem like it's happening anymore. Thank God for that. But who knows when this next winter comes, what's going to happen. War is what's going to happen. So, so why did they choose here for this war? It seems kind of out of the way. I don't know why. Fjolnir said the enemy chose this valley. Who's the enemy? Look, hanging from that tree... It's hard to explain. I think my spirit might have left my body for a bit. And I saw things. Like what? I saw armies of the damned and demons marching out. And I saw these four f figures standing over them all, and one of them was this, I don't know, she, it was like some sort of woman, but ain't like any woman I've ever seen before. She was tall, gaunt, she had sunken cheekbones, her eyes looked hungry, and 
as I watched, she reached out a hand and plucked an apple from a tree and it withered. And she took a bite and it crumbled to ash in her mouth. And she spat that out over the land in front of her and where that ash fell, rot and decay followed in its wake. And did you wake up with a potato that looks like Jesus in your pocket? Rachel whirls around on you and says, no, I woke up in Haru's arms. I'm telling you, there's evil in this land and it's coming for us. That woman is coming here. People are going to die if we don't do something about it. And this Odin, did he give you some action items? Something concrete? He gave me this. She pulls out fucking redemption and sets the gun on the table. Whoa. Well. Wyanon is rendered speechless as he sees the majesty of this beautiful gun. (laughs) It is a beautiful gun. That's an interesting piece. Where'd you get that? I... I suppose you just told me. <laughs> I told you. Why not? Look, I know we've had our differences in the past, but could really use your help. You've got resources. You're smart. You're a good strategist. Me, it's it's hard for me to plan the details. And we need you in this valley. I'll be frank with you, Rachel. Who the fuck is Frank? the new character that's my brother-in-law oh that's right you had dinner with him at thanksgiving game well that, that yeah. is he your brother-in-law now no Do you maybe know he was all along <laughs> why not just like giving everyone this like you're all a bunch you of fucking assholes <laughs> <laughs> i know you're good at disguising but then you already know what happened here in the rogue valley oh wait a minute he wasn't frank <laughs> Wynon takes on this very bored five-mile stare. Uh, He's had this conversation before. Rachel, I believe you. I, I truly do. As I told you, I was visited by a certain Phil Custard. What a custard feeling. I don't know if Rachel was there for that, actually. So she just gives you a really confused look and says, Who? Oh, uh, have I not told you? Uh, no, I don't think you have. Uh, well, listen, it doesn't matter. I'll tell you later. Uh, I think that you are being manipulated, and I think that he, he, Phil Custard whoever that is, whatever that is, attempted to manipulate me as well. And so I merely wish to be the voice of reason in all of this godliness and superstition and guns appearing out of nowhere and just general madness. Always be skeptical. There's one thing I've learned, it's that. This Odin whoever it really is, whatever it really is, is probably just looking for a way to use you. 
And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he really is kind and wants the best for everyone in this upcoming war against the demons. But I find it more likely in my experience that it's another spirit or haunt or ghost looking for cattle to herd. Wine on here. And she takes your hand and she puts it on the gun. And she's going to cast Boost Lower Trait mm-hmm. on Wynon. Okay. And she's going to try to boost his faith. Whoa. Whoa. That is so meta. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a raise. So yeah. you got a raise? Yeah. You got a raise. So I don't I don't think you're like getting a boost to like a faith skill. Uh, may, maybe you catch some insight from what she knows from what she's seen. No, I think what it does, because I think this is interesting, is you remind Wynon of a time that someone told him something that he found out to be false. And he remembers being a child who just fully believed it. Like, you casting faith on him makes him have this memory of a time when he, he just fully believed what someone told him. And it, he, he kind of flashes back and blinks a little bit and takes his hand off the gun. I'm picturing, like, the trappings is, like, this kind of, like, white-blue light from Rachel's hand, like, and over your hand on the gun. And he inspects his hand, the the blue glowing light, and kind of feels the warmth of it. That will do for now. You have my support. I'm here. I would have to catch a train ride back. It would be lonely and unproductive. So use me. I'm at your resource. Wynon doesn't want to be at anyone's disposal. They might dispose of him. So, we find these kidnappers, robbers, whatever they are. Is that the first step? That would be. I know there was a stagecoach due in this morning and it ain't arrived. Where was it coming from? Uh, California. I don't know the area very well. Don't suppose you have a map you could point out the route? Sure. I swear I've got a map somewhere around here. And he gets up and he starts going through like a, a small bookcase he's got with some stuff on there. Now, this is a book on laws. We have a book on laws? We're the sh- sheriff's office. Kane? <laughs> Abraham? I'm so flustered I'm using your actual name. That's how flustered I am. I know, it's kind of weird. No one's called me Kane in a long time. We're the sheriff's office, Abraham. Of course we have a book on laws. Maybe one day you'll actually read it. Uh, I've read it. What makes you think I haven't read it? Name one law in that book. Don't fucking murder. That's a gimme. You said name one law. Alright. Uh, anyway, yeah, you're, you're kind of going back and forth. Kane's looking for uh, a map when uh, the door opens to the sheriff's office. And in walks. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. There was a parcel left for you. For me? Mm-hmm. For Rachel. Um, I mean, if it's somewhere in plain sight. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if it's addressed to Rachel, she'll open it. 
It is addressed to Rachel. I was like, Kane's looking around for this map. Rachel, you know, kind of moves over to her desk and she sees an envelope sitting on it and kind of says, what's this? Uh, I don't know. Haru left that for you. Haru did? Yep. Uh, she picks it up. I'm going to say she doesn't notice who it's from on the outside because I don't think she'd okay. open it if she knew. All so right. she'll slit it open because she thinks it's from Haru. It's a big bundle of papers, and as you kind of look at it, you realize it's like a 1985 version of divorce papers. You mean 1985? What did I say? You said 1985. 1885. It's got horrible hair. You knew what you meant, but... You hung from that tree for so long... Oh, my God! ...that it's actually 1985. I mean, I wanted to ask about that guy with the headband and the boombox outside, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just never was again. <laughs> um, so she's like opening this and shuffling through these papers, and they're all signed. Oh, right. they're if they're signed, Rachel. Like there's there's you know a space for Rachel to sign, but Paul has already signed like his portion of all of these. Is there anything like especially like fucking Rachel over in this agreement? No. I'm assuming Rachel, like, reads every letter. If it's divorce papers, she's going to sign them. But she's not going to, like, sign a paper that says, like, Paul gets custody to any of her property, you know, which can be a thing in a divorce. Mm -hmm. So she's going to read through the papers. Yeah, you don't see anything like that at all. It's pretty much, like... Essentially, in 1885 legal jargon, you know, in legalizing in the eyes of the United States of America what has already been in the eyes of the Lord, the the union between Paul Flint and Rachel Jane Kennedy Flint shall be annulled, or something along those lines, yada yada, yada so on and so forth, dissolved. Hmm. She'll sit at her desk and read however long that takes. Uh, long enough that Kane finally finds a map of the Rogue Valley uh, relevant for that time period and sets it down in front of Wynon. Wynon would like to inspect this map, looking for potential avenues of attack on the likely route of this caravan. Yeah, you spot uh, kind of an area, not, you know, about 10 miles out from Medford where uh, it's just forest and road, and it would be a pretty good place for uh, an ambush. Uh, he kind of fingers the map, or, or not fingers, but <laughs> he taps the map with his finger. Um, Did you get consent from <laughs> the map first? No, no, Wyna doesn't ask for consent. Um, Whoa! I know, I know, he's, he's, be- he's, he's, gotta, he's not healthy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, taps the map and looks at the sheriff. This spot here, are there many crimes in this area, Sheriff? Depends on the time of year. Winter, it wasn't much crime at all, but everyone had other concerns going on. Summer, uh, well, for a couple of years, the only crime we had was, uh, frankly, unproved, but uh, your brother used to be quite the stagecoach robber. At least... I suspect he was. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. 
You sure he's never said anything about a past job to you, Daisy? He and I have never robbed a stagecoach together. Um, why not? Basically, goes quiet for a second and says, "Putting the reality of my genetics aside for a moment, Sheriff, I don't have a brother." He lets that hang in the air. I'm sorry to hear you say that, Herod. You hear from behind you. He doesn't answer. Just continues looking at the map, considering. Yeah, Jonathan standing at the door. That's kind of what I figured. <laughs> Who said that? Rachel looks up from the papers she's reading and is like queuing into the awkward tension in the room suddenly. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, oh. like, well, I perk up with Jonathan, but at the same time, like, when he says that, it's like, oh. Jonathan looks like he wants to say something more, but he doesn't, and he turns to look at Daisy. Daisy, do you got a minute? I would like to like to have a few words with you. Well, sure. Saloon? A saloon? Alright, let's go get a drink. <laughs> uh I know they changed the name of the Jacksonville Inn, but how does that sound? Um wait, that's not a place for us to go. Yeah, Rachel's ex. Oh, 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 oh. Uh. Oh. Uh. Uh. Ooh. Uh. The. How about the claim? The claim. Yeah. <laughs> I love right, that. Let's go there. Yeah. He's not even gonna touch that conversation with Rachel. <laughs> He's just like, nope. We've already bonded too much as it is. <laughs> He awkwardly offers you his arm. All right. Uh, and yeah, you head on over to the Claim Jumper, or the, the Claim Jumper. That's that's a chain restaurant. Yeah. The Claim. <laughs> so as you two leave the office, Rachel kind of looks at you with a concerned expression and just goes, "What was that all about?" Let sleeping dogs lie, deputy. Well. If there's history between you two, you gotta figure it out because I need your head, I need you focused on the battle that's gonna come. Not worrying about family drama. I'm not worried about family drama. I'm at peace with it. Have been for years. You sure? Because your tone of voice says sociopathic almost levels of suppressing emotion I uh I'm surprised I, you know what that word means Rachel I've gained wisdom Kane speaks up and is like I never had much chance to to know my family they were murdered when I was 16 really mine were murdered when I was 18 Mine were murdered when I was 14. No, I'm just... I wanted to get in on that tragedy train. Kane gives you a dirty look. <laughs> I had a couple more years than you, Sheriff, so it seems I am the fortunate one in this instance. Uh, I won't tell you how you live your life. Why not? 
But I will tell you there ain't a day that doesn't go by that I wouldn't do anything to have my brother's back. He, uh, you can feel why not. You can see why not just basically kind of trying to shake something out. Like he's just doing his best to maintain his composure, but he doesn't give a whole lot away. He's still got that stony face, but just his body language is just off. There's something bothering him for sure. Look, Wynon, I won't push you for now, but if you ever want to talk, you've got close acquaintances in this valley. <laughs> you might try making a few friends. You might find it's nice. At that, his face scrunches up a bit. I did. Deadlands and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All content is used unofficially under the Savage Media Network license. Find more of their great products at pegging.com. Sound effects by Plate Mail Games and Battlebarts. Music provided by the Eaglestone Collective with additional tracks by Danheim. You can find links to all of the above in the show description. Thank you, listener, for joining us for this episode. If you've enjoyed our show, please consider leaving a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. We'd really appreciate it. And also, feel free to contact us via rvrpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at rvrpodcast, or join us on our Discord. We'd love to hear from you, and as always, have a wonderful whatever time of day it is for you, and we'll catch you next time. And then, uh, yeah. It's the, funny because you said duty. Yeah. I didn't say duty. <laughs> the clown said duty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just All got right. goosebumps.